JC Corcoran Podcast. Joni Mitchell is joining fellow singer-songwriter Neil Young in asking for her music to be removed from Spotify. The musicians are protesting against the streaming service, saying it's spreading misinformation about COVID vaccines. At Spotify, we may have lost a few great artists, but that doesn't mean you can't still enjoy their music, covered by the bands who haven't left. A boom, 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 boom. I want to live with a cinnamon girl, a cinnamon girl. It's the best of Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, sung by the Cordon Blues. Take a look at my life. These guys don't care about COVID or what's true or false. They just want anyone to listen. It's the Joni Mitchell no one asked for. Boom, boom, boom. I've looked at life from both sides now. Boom, boom. They pay paradise. Guaranteed, these guys will never leave Spotify. We've asked them more than once. Spotify, if anybody else leaves, you're getting covered by this guy. Hey, hey, my, my, rock and roll will never die. Will never, 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 never die. Just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over. It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. Hi, kids. You are at com. When we were kids, they told us by this point in life that we would be operating flying cars. And we all watched the Jetsons and it was like, oh, we're going to have flying cars. That'd be great. You know why we don't have flying cars? Because instead, science has come up with pizza, which you now purchase by the yard. Okay, Little Caesars. And by the way, I've never had a Little Caesars pizza, and I'm told they're very good. And I'm also, I've been reading about the guy who runs the company. He's a really cool guy, and he donates a lot of money to charity. So i got to try one of those pizzas. But, you know, a yard of pizza will cost you 20 bucks. I don't know how, I, mean, I know how long a yard is. I'm trying to figure out how wide it is. I don't know if I want to eat anything that has hash marks on it. While that's going on, Starbucks has debuted a new pork-flavored latte for the Lunar New Year, they say. There are some things that just don't go together, okay? You don't put chocolate on spaghetti. You don't put peanut butter on salad. You better not put ketchup on a hot dog, if you know what's good for you. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't sp- Anyhow, uh, yeah, pork-flavored latte. And here's a first-world problem. Tell this story to some guy living in the dirt over on the other side of the world, and every couple of years, 
there's a big war and your rocks just get rearranged. And this guy's running down the street trying to chase down a goat so he has some dinner. Um, it's a robotics company called Luum, L-U-U-M, and they have an AI robot that can apply fake eyelashes faster than a human. The only downside is it looks like a torture device is ready to stab you in the eyeballs. Can you imagine that guy just living in the dirt and the rocks in like Iraq or Iran or Yemen or something like that? He's like, wait a minute, hold it. What's going on in America? They're selling pizza by the yard. And because putting fake eyelashes on is a little too much trouble, they invented a machine that will do it. Okay, what must they think? Get very irritated by false advertising. And the airline, somebody's got to stop the airlines from putting up some, you know, Fly one way for $39. Well, yeah, unless you have anything with you, like a change of clothes that has to go into a suitcase. American Airlines raising the cost of a checked bag from $30 to $40. That's more than every other major U.S. airline for now, until they all start doing it. A second bag will cost you $45. I'm lucky enough to have been alive and had my fly-in years which my you know my late 30s and all of my 40s when I was back and forth from California and New York doing movie junkets for the studios and everything and back and forth back and forth back and forth so I had something like a half a million frequent flyer miles on TWA back in the day but it was nice it was nice it was a pleasurable experience now when I get it on a plane I just feel like I should go mm-hmm. For those of you who are single now, or if you can remember your single life, did you ever have sex with somebody? This just shot into my head here. I had no uh, uh, plan to talk about this. But you're having sex with somebody, and at the, uh, shall we say, key moment, they make a sound that you weren't anticipating, and sometimes it is sort of an animal sound, or a grunt, or a roar. I had one girl who, when, you know, she finally reached, shall we say, the promised land, she started laughing uncontrollably. And I'm doing the old bumba da bumba da bumba da bumba da and she's laughing. And now I'm wondering, am I doing something? Am I that funny that I'm funny even when I'm not trying to be? But apparently she did that with everybody all the time. I've had women who, when we were all done, would sometimes cry a little bit. Probably because when it was over, they thought to themselves, have I stooped this low to have sex with him? <laughs> But I digress. Uh, Joe Manchin, uh, he's a piece of work. West Virginia, by the way, just passed a bill that makes it easier to prosecute school librarians. That's the direction this country is headed in. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm too busy to exercise. That's why I'm fat. I'm too busy to exercise, which I've always thought is just a fancy way of saying I don't want to do it. So I'm going to tell people I'm too busy, but I just don't want to fucking do it. Well, I have some potentially good news here. A study found you can skip working out all week if you just go really hard on the weekends. As long as you get 150 total minutes of exercise, apparently it doesn't really matter how you fit it in. I've been saying this for years about these people who tell you the way to lose weight is to not eat anything after 6 o'clock. That should not have anything to do with it. Your weight is a result of how much exercise you get and how many calories you take in. It doesn't matter whether you take them in at noon or midnight. 
And I know there's people who will argue against that, but that's what I think. And based on everything I've read, that seems like it's the right answer. It's going to be warmer in St. Louis today than it is going to be with the Cardinals down in Jupiter, Florida. Can you believe that? Uh, yesterday, Tommy Edmond had to sit out with a stomach bug. Dylan Carlson, he's still limited to just running. He's coming off ankle surgery. Brendan Donovan coming off elbow surgery. They got him at second base right now, and his throwing is being monitored. I don't know, on a double play, you got to throw to first pretty hard, and a lot of times you don't have the luxury of being able to set your feet and you know take all of that strain off your arm and your shoulder. I don't know about this. First exhibition game, by the way, Saturday against Miami. It will be televised. The Cardinals announced that our opening day starting pitcher is going to be Sonny Gray. That Matt Carpenter thing really puzzled the shit out of a lot of people. Why are we bringing him back? Well, it turns out now that Paul Goldschmidt says it was his idea. And he said that he thinks the team needs more veterans in the clubhouse to function as team leaders. We'll just see. City SC. All right, here's the thing. I never liked soccer, never played soccer. My first involvement with soccer was when my daughters sort of, I don't want to say they had to play, but they did play. It was just part of school activities. And so you'd get up on a Saturday morning, you'd be out there at 8 o'clock in the morning freezing your ass off and be sitting there in your little lawn chair watching your kid play soccer. And I wouldn't call it a pleasurable experience. But I figured, well, let me at least give it a shot. And I gave it a shot, and I still didn't like it. So then, when St. Louis announced we were getting this City SC team, I'm like, this is going to be a big deal. And you don't build the stadium like that unless you're pretty sure it's going to be a big deal. And so I figured, okay, let me let me try to get into it a little bit. Plus, I have two very good friends who are soccer aficionados, soccer broadcasters. One is Ted Williams. The other one is Tom Schwartz. I've known Tom for... 30 years. I've known Ted for probably 15, maybe 20. These are great guys and they're really good friends of mine. And they are, they live and they breathe soccer. And they work me over from time to time. And, you know, we talk about it and I try to show off by, you know, telling them something I know about soccer that they might be surprised to find out that I know. And just trying to show off a little bit in front of them. But I think I'm starting to swing back in the other direction. And the reason why is. The level of involvement you have to have if you go to one of the games, which I guess they can't call them, you got to call them a match. And I tried to understand this playoff structure or whatever the hell it was that they described. So they played the opening game of the season last night, but it really wasn't the opening. The opening is really going to be Saturday, and then they're going to take the results of the number of games, I'm sorry, the number of goals scored. And that's going to determine something. It's like, what? But it's these people who are, you know, any other sporting event, you buy a ticket, you go with a friend or with some friends, and you go in and everybody's all excited. You might wear the team colors or, you know, a sweatshirt or just a hat. You go in, you clap your hands, you cheer, you do everything like that. But you go to one of these soccer matches, you got to know songs. You got to wave big ass flags. You got to sit in certain parts of the stadium, depending on what it is you're going to do in terms of your participation in the crowd. I'm that's way too complicated and requires way too much of a commitment on my part. It's like you go to the game, but the game really isn't on the field. The game is in the stands, and there's something wrong with that. They seem like they're borrowing some of the stuff that comes along with rugby. I, I dated a girl in college 
who had just broken up with a long-term boyfriend, or at least I thought she had broken up with him. She ended up going right back with him a couple of weeks later. But I got her there for a couple of weeks, and he was a rugby player, and she was trying to explain things to me and why she enjoyed the whole thing. And one of the things with rugby is after the game, now you have to win the party. How do you win a party? But I guess they have some way that they have figured out that you can be... Gotta win the party. This is way too much. I, one of the reasons I go to a sporting event is for excitement, but also enjoyment, relaxation. Go to a soccer or a rugby game, there's forms to f- fill out. People are checking your citizenship. No, not for me. This story, I love this because it says, Remember when Travis Kelsey blew up at Andy Reid during the Super Bowl? Remember it. Number one, it just happened. Number two, everybody's still talking about it. Well, it turns out the Kansas City Chiefs are supposedly blocking audio of their exchange from being released. There must be something sort of embarrassing in there. I don't know. And if you're sitting at a bar someday and you want to appear smart with regard to sports, see how much of this you can remember and then you can spit out at the appropriate time. Only five, only five of the 30 Major League Baseball teams have never won the World Series. That's the Brewers, Tampa, Padres, Seattle, Colorado. Texas Rangers were on the list up until just a couple of months ago. That's the fewest of the four major sports leagues. Twelve NFL teams have never won a Super Bowl. Twelve! Eleven NHL teams have never won a Stanley Cup. Ten NBA teams have never won the NBA championship. This has to be one of the best entertainment slash show business ideas I've heard in a long time. First of all, as you know, from time to time, I've expressed uh, consternation or just being pissed off that it just didn't, we don't have any celebrities in this country, apparently, other than Elvis, who they just keep making movie after movie after movie about. I mean, after a while, it's like, okay, is there anything about this guy that we don't already know from having seen the first 200 films about Elvis? By the time this is all done, you're going to know which hand he used to scratch his butt in the morning. But this is really a unique idea, and this is uh, director Sam Mendes, okay? I mean, he made American Beauty with uh, Scott Bakula, who's got a little role in it, and also Kevin Spacey. He made 1917, great war movie from 2019. Made a couple of the Bond movies. Jarhead, pretty damn good war movie. The Road to Perdition. He used to be married to Kate Winslet. So, you know, what I'm saying here is a, a, a good director. And so many of these things have to do with what kind of a director do you have? Is that a quality guy? So Sam Mendes is going to do a biopic film series on the Beatles. And you're like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Another Beatles movie. Aha, aha. But listen to this. It's going to be four separate movies. And each one is going to be told from the perspective of of each individual member of the Beatles. Now that is a sensational idea. Bring that one on. All five Culkin brothers, including Macaulay and Kieran, are going to appear on the same project for the first time ever. It's an animated series on Prime called The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. Elon Musk scaring the bejesus out of everybody. He has uh, implanted now that brain chip into some human being. You got to wonder, aren't there any laws against that? I mean, he doesn't have a medical license, so how can you just take a person and plant? Yeah, I don't know how they do stuff like this. Anyhow, he says the guy's doing fine, 
and can control a computer mouse with his mind. A trailer for a new Lindsay Lohan movie is coming out on Netflix, a romantic comedy called Irish Wish. Now, here's another thing. Lindsay Lohan, when called upon, is a very, very good actress. I think she could do almost anything. She really is talented. But Hollywood is scared shitless of her right now, and so she doesn't get any good projects. She did a Lifetime movie. I think it was a, it was a Christmas movie last year. It's one of the worst things I have ever seen, and I felt terrible for this kid. So it remains to be seen what the quality level of Irish wish is going to be. The trailer's up there now. Sydney Sweeney, one of the hottest properties in Hollywood right now, going to be hosting Saturday Night Live on March 2nd, and then just Josh Brolin on March 9th. Wouldn't it be interesting if they brought back Pete Davidson for that show, huh? And that guy down in Florida who has been tracking Taylor Swift's private jet and then posting all the detailed information on the internet, he's fighting back. She had him with a cease and desist, and he just said, fuck you. This information is available on the internet, all over the place, available to anybody who wants to look for it. All I'm doing is reposting it. And I think he's got a great case. I'm not a liar, but if the information is out there for everybody, he's just reposting it. Yeah, there's no law against being a dick, and he's being a dick, but it's not against the law. 1931 on this date, Alka-Seltzer was first introduced, and you know Juliana Margulies from ER and a bunch of other movies and shows and stuff. Her dad helped come up with the famous plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is, ad campaign. And when I was a kid... I wanted one of those Polaroid land cameras. And I always wondered why it was called a land camera. What, you can't use it on the water? That that made no sense to me. And it turned out, (laughs) I found out years later, that it was invented by Edwin H. Land. So he just stuck his name right on there. So it was like a Polaroid land camera. The first self-developing instant camera. And everybody had an aunt or an uncle who thought that, uh, you know, you take the picture and then you wave it in the air, that would make it bring the colors in more quickly. And it, it didn't help anything. It had nothing to do with anything. So Edwin Land makes the first self... So Edwin H. Land makes the first self-developing instant camera. Six seconds later, inadvertently, he invented instant amateur pornography. It was this day back in 1986, the naughty erotic thriller Nine and a Half Weeks was released with Kim Basinger and Mickey Rourke. That movie creeped me out a little bit. This is the anniversary of the final NBC late night show for Conan O'Brien back in 2009. Then he got involved with that whole debacle involving The Tonight Show and Jay Leno. Now you got the job. No, you don't. Now you have it. Now you don't. Now you're going over to TVS. All I know is... It must have been sort of embarrassing for Conan O'Brien. You know, you get something canceled and everybody's standing there looking at you. Oh, you got your show canceled. But it's amazing how much $44 million takes the sting out of that embarrassment. That's what NBC had to pay him to get out of the contract. $44 million. And then he just gets to go home and count it. Which is funny because Roger Goodell makes $44 million a year as commissioner of the NFL. <laughs> Conan O'Brien runs into Roger Goodell. Yeah, I got $44 million for doing nothing. I get $44 million a year for making unpopular decisions. 1998. You know, you'll probably recall we did a lot of shows 
from the Grammys in L.A. and New York back in the day. We would go there and set up you know, like a big ballroom, and they'd bring in like 30 or 40 stations from around the country, and we would all sit there. We had our little table and our little display and our little remote microphones, and then they would start bringing rock stars in and bringing entertainers and comedians and show business people, and these people would just hop from table to table to table, and in the course of two hours or so, you know, like Fleetwood Mac would walk in, and they did, by the way, and you know they do like five to ten minutes at every table. You could do thirty radio stations in two and a half hours. It's pretty good publicity. So this particular year, nineteen ninety eight. They actually held it at the uh, the Grammy Week thing for these radio stations all over the country. They held it at the CBS Broadcast Center on West 57th. This is where the actual news shows are broadcast from. And then you have another building a couple of blocks away, and that's sort of like the corporate part of the whole thing. But the Broadcast Center is what they called it. That's where they do the CBS Evening News. You know, any of those shows that you watch on CBS involving news all come out of that building. There was some big empty studio that they put us in. I still remember we had Heidi Klum. I got a good picture of me and Close and Heidi Klum because Mark Close had never been to New York. This was 1998. Close had never been to New York. So he was doing the show with me. So I was like, you're coming. So we brought him on the trip. And it was fun because I got to show him around New York. Took him to a couple of really cool landmarks. He wanted to see 30 Rock. He wanted to see Rockefeller Center. He wanted to see, you know, the ice skating rink, you know, all that sort of New York stuff. So I took him to all those places, took him to some really cool restaurants and a couple of other, you know, uh, noteworthy landmarks in New York. And then during the day, we would do all these interviews for a week. We were there broadcasting live. I still remember we ran into Leslie Stahl from 60 minutes and close was just a stunt we were she was waiting for a cab and we came out of the place and we were waiting for a cab too and i just looked at her and i was like oh hi leslie Stahl, how are you and just started talking to her and close was looking at me like are you nuts you're walking up to people you don't even know and just talking to them she's gonna call the police on you but you know I knew somebody that she knew. I brought up that person's name right away, reminded her that she had given me a wonderful interview a couple of years prior when I was in New York for something else, and I got to talk to her. I met Leslie Saw for the first time when she was 44 years old, and you want to talk about a handsome female, and I know know this irritates some women, but it's true. She had, at that time, the best legs in the news business. Man, was she good looking. And, of course, fantastic journalist who is, I wonder how old Leslie Stahl is now. She is 82 years old. And, by the way, I should point out, still looks pretty damn good and still getting the job done on 60 Minutes. You know, she walks a little bit like Biden right now, but I guess that's what happens when you get to your low 80s. And I'm sure it's going to happen to all of us, too. But all of that uh, all of that stuff with clothes. <laughs> back in 1998 look at the big buildings as most of you know i spend the winter months in florida we try to spend as much time as we can during the summer months in st louis but got a 14 year old daughter she's got to go to school somewhere so we chose this because i don't like the cold go back to st louis when it warms up and one of the things i've noticed is something that people told me was going to happen like today in st louis it could be 68, maybe 72 degrees, and people are just walking around half naked and out on the golf course and everything. 70 degrees now, to me, feels cold. And people said, you know, when you move down there and you spend a lot of time in Florida, your blood is going to thin out or your metabolism is going to change or something. And it turns out that there may be something to this. 
And according to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, January is America's deadliest month. February is second, followed by March and December. August, by the way, the least deadly month. And that really surprised me because if you know you got everybody outside, everybody's out late at night, everybody's out on the water, you know, you got boats and water skiers and swimmers and everything like that. You would just figure that August would probably be a really bad month. July would probably be even worse than that. But it turns out August is the least of all the deadly months. And it's a big difference too. It's like a 20% difference between the rate that people die in January than in August. Winters are deadlier because cold changes our bodies. As the temperatures drop, our blood vessels contract, our hearts have to work harder. If you're already at risk of a heart attack or stroke, it's more likely to hit in the winter. Oh, and then, you know, uh, people that drive to work the last couple of weeks have had to contend with heavy fog. We had a couple of bouts of fog. Then we had the ice and snow the other day. We've had torrential rains. And now add to the list... A fucking sinkhole down around 55 and Loughborough opened up, and they're telling people to stay away from there, obviously. And it was uh, curtailing people's ability to get on 55 from Loughborough, which unfortunately a lot of people do every single morning. But regardless, it's still better than what happened yesterday with that thing in 255 over in Illinois where the highway was shut down for like five or six hours. Fuck that. I think everybody's heard about that technique where if you drop your cell phone in the water, like in the toilet or the sink or something like that, you're supposed to get a big pile of uncooked rice and then you put the phone in there and the rice sucks the moisture out of the phone and in a couple of days you have a fully functioning phone again i guess it's based on the thing you see that at restaurants all the time where you get the salt shaker and you look and there's little grains of rice in there because they absorb some of the moisture keeps the salt from sticking together and coagulating well apple says don't do that because small particles of rice could end up damaging your phone what should you do well they say dry the phone with a cloth and tap the phone gently to drain water from the ports then leave the phone in a dry area with airflow and avoid putting cables inside until it's completely dry and speaking of gadgetry that wise company w-y-z-e they make those cameras that come out of the front of your house or your front door or whatever a little security glitch last week that let users see footage from other people's cameras The problem has supposedly been solved. Scientists in Israel have created lab-grown testicles, which sort of sounds like an indie band at Point Fest. And astronomers have identified what is believed to be the most luminous object in the universe. In fact, it's second only to Joel Osteen's teeth. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran Podcast for Wednesday, February 21st. 2024 is in the can. We're here every weekday morning, Monday through Thursday at 11 o'clock at jconline.com. If you're able to spread the word, tell people that we're here doing this every day, that would be helpful along the way. Contact me anytime, jc at jconline.com. Facebook, The Showgram with JC Corcoran. And on the air every morning, 6 till 10 at 101.5 in St. Louis, 101.7 out west and streaming at kwolf.com. That's it. Enjoy the 68th 
72 degree temperature somewhere in there today because things are changing. And tomorrow morning, like I said, we could have a little bit of a mess with a lot of rainfall and maybe some lightning and hail damage and stuff like that. So we'll be here to walk you through it starting at 6. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.